Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course or the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The presenting sponsor of this week's interview is Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, check out Olipop today. So this is jumping forward a little bit to a listener question, but kind of fits well here. What was the role of kind of a similar-ish question, but being surrounded by so much talent, especially a guy like Futsum, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, Zach Panning, guys like that. Um, did you welcome the competition? Did you ever feel, especially with the Futsum, like a generational talent, like, man, if I didn't have to be <laughs> in school when he was here, maybe I could have won a, a cross title or two those kind of questions do you ever think about that oh i i never wish that some a guy that was running a badass runner was not there i mean um like those guys are what drove the needle forward i mean the austin muds of the world is what drive i mean that's why records records are meant to be broken right like without these guys we don't run fast you know um we don't they don't show us our true potential i mean when you go out there with like a foot sum and he's absolutely dominating the field. And you're just this like, you know, you're this guy right behind him that's like, doesn't really know what you've got. You're going, you know, you're going to show up and you're going to give it your, your all. Like you're going to give it everything you got. You know, you, that's why, you know, I loved college it was like every meet was so competitive. It was like, you could not, I, and there was meets that I showed up to that I didn't want to be there. I was in a bad mood. I, I the training wasn't going well. I had something hurting. And like, I got, obliterated like there was no mercy for you mm-hmm. and you know you, you I, I always tell my kids and stuff that like sports over oversimplify a very complex thing called life and mm-hmm. it's like it's so true like talking about your deep thought in the car it's like those races like you know you you learn like it didn't matter how you felt that day it didn't matter what was going on like all that mattered was who was first and who was last. That's it. And, you know, you can poo-poo around and make all the excuses that you want, but if you didn't show up, you didn't show up. And you knew that, you know, <laughs> you definitely knew that. There were some races that I look back on, uh, especially in college, where I was just like, man, you baby. Like, you had, <laughs> yeah. you had six races a year, dude. Like, come on, man. You're, you had your whole life ahead of you. You had this one moment to, to like, you know, get the most out of your body and, and you had a bad attitude, like that's just ridiculous. But you know, of course those things happen, right? Like that's part of it. You learn, you learn a lot from those moments too. The following is a conversation with 2013 HSC grad, Troy Reader. Troy is a two-time All-State finisher in cross country, placing third both his junior and senior year and a three-time All-State finisher in track and field, winning the 1600 his senior year. Troy is also Indiana High School all-time number 14 in the 1600 and 407-26. 
Upon graduation, Troy joined the Paladins of Furman, where he was a twice a D1 3K Steeple Championships finalist, three-time cross-country championships qualifier, and 2017 U.S. Championships qualifier. After his time at Furman, Troy spent some time competing for Furman's pro team, Furman Elite. Troy's Indiana alumni all-time number 21 in the 1500 and 343.65, number 17 in the mile in 359.90, number 13 in the 3K in 755.08, and number 10 in the 3K steeple in 836.51. During this conversation, we cover his start in the sport, handling expectations, continuing to level up throughout his career, what motivated him throughout high school and college, how he ended up at Furman, his transition to and experiences at Furman, the highs and lows of running professionally, realizing when it was time to hang it up, navigating life post-running, and much more. Troy was the best runner in Hamilton County for most of my time in high school, so it was fun to get to sit down after all these years, reminisce, and hear where life and running has taken him since. Troy was super easy to talk to, and I appreciated how open and honest he was about the highs and lows of both his running career and life throughout the years. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do this without you. As always, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Troy Reader. All right, Troy, welcome to the Indiana Runner Podcast. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going really well. Summer's just wrapping up, so... You know, school's about to start, so I'm kind of coming out of fantasy world of like two months of just doing whatever I want to do. Um, Cross country started, so I'm having to wake up early again. Um, You know, my my train is moving very slow towards the start of school, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to get on my feet. We're doing it. Yeah. Did you do anything this summer? Any traveling or anything? Did a lot. Yeah, I did a lot of traveling this summer. Um, Went to Florida. I got some. uh, My brother and my niece live in Florida. Um, so I went down there to visit them. Uh, we did, took a trip to West Virginia. I've gotten into rock climbing a little bit. Um, and so we went to New River Gorge and did like some paddle boarding and some, um, water soloing and some, uh, lead climbing out there. Uh, and then I went to New York city, uh, again with my brother and my niece to see his in-laws. So it was kind of, the summer flew by. I mean, it was like a month of travel, all good things, but it was like a month of traveling. And then boom, here we are in July. And I'm like, oh my gosh, school, our school starts July 31st. So oh, it's wow. like right around the corner. And I was like, how did we even get here? <laughs> uh, and then we had some weddings and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So we've been, we've stayed busy this summer, but I like to be busy. That's cool. Do you feel ready for school or getting there? Man, I, I think if you asked every teacher this question, they would, maybe try to lie their way through it and say like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm ready. Nobody's ready. The first day of school, like hits you like a freight train. But, uh, usually after that first day, it's like, Oh, you know, you kind of figured it back out again. Um, you know, kids are great. It's, it's a fun job. So, um, I'm just trying to get to like July 31st and the end of the day and be like, okay, now I've got, now, now I've got to, I've relearned how to be a teacher again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, our, our school, like we have this kind of down week, um where we just do like some introductory stuff and like get to know the kids and so we we kind of have like a nice easy week that allows us to kind of ease back into things so I'm not too stressed about it yeah that's nice so it sounds like you enjoy traveling do you have any like dream destinations in the future oh gosh um man I I don't know there's so many places that I would love to go see uh, I'm an outdoorsman, so I like to kind of hit places that have really cool landscapes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big backpacker, and 
hiker and now rock climber. And um, so I, I think like going to the Swiss Alps or something, I've always wanted to go, but man, any place I can get my hands on, I'll go. Usually I find somebody that I know that's like around the area. So I can kind of try to save a couple bucks and crash with them or something. So it's really just dependent on the opportunity that arises and I usually take it. So I don't know. I'll go anywhere. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I'm excited to, to dive into things. I know you said oh, yeah. before this, so you haven't bought the most publicity you've got <laughs> for your running career. So I'm glad I could yeah. that for you. Yeah. We like to focus on the track. So, uh, you know, I, my coach was Robert Gary. He was a two-time Olympian and I remember I, like when I first started running for him, I was like, man, if I was an Olympian, I would just talk about it all the time. He never talked about it. He never talked about his running career. You know, it was always like the focus was always on us. And so I never understood that until after I was running. And then I realized, you know, what like the real important stuff really was. Mm. And it's not really your accolades or anything. The stu- that stuff is always cool, but it's really like the experience and, and kind of promoting it for the next generation, really. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I try to sound more humble than I actually was, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so have, I guess you, just, have you talked yeah. about it much since you graduated? Like, does it ever come up really? Or? Yeah. I mean, it naturally will come up. Um, and then, you know, most of my friends and stuff nowadays, like other than my friends that were in the running world aren't really runners or if they were, they ran in high school and you know, that's kind of where it ended. And then usually they, they finally ask me what my mile time is. And then they're like, Oh, then it's like starts this new conversation but I don't know I've just after running I got into so many other things like running was never like my whole world you know I I think some people can get caught up in like running being like everything which is fine but uh that wasn't really my mentality I always was looking at the experience and like the stuff I got to do outside of running I got I was really blessed I got to travel a lot with running and go to cool places. I trained in Flagstaff, um, you know, trained in Greenville, got to run all over the country. And those were the kind of things that really stuck with me. Um, but it certainly was, uh, an incredible experience and I'm absolutely grateful for everything that I, I had, but I definitely now looking back on it, it's not really how fast I ran or the, you know, the stuff I was able to accomplish. It's more about like the experience that I had throughout it really. Yeah. So were you able to realize that even in the thick of like when you're performing at your peak or did you realize it more like later on, like this isn't everything? Uh, I definitely tried. Like I honestly, like, uh, there was some times where I would wake up and I was like, I would be like in the shower or, um, you know, getting ready in the morning and I would just like stop and be like, I literally cannot believe I'm here. I can't believe this is my life. Um, so I definitely, uh, I think I did now that I've been removed from it. I I wish I would have spent more time focusing on that um, because you definitely get caught up in it. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure and stuff to perform. And um, especially in running, it's like, you know, you could be like seventh at USA's or something. And it's like, you had a bad day. It's like you're seventh in the country and nobody talks about you, you know? So (laughs) there's, there's some, definitely some pressure and I wish I would have, um, I wish I could go back and like tell myself like, Hey man, this is like a super cool experience and it's just running, you know, it's like you're getting an opportunity to really go out and and challenge yourself. And that's, that's a blessing in itself. And whether or not you come out on top or not is, um, you know, less important than I, than I, 
than I thought at the time. Um, but also, you know, you got to have that mentality to do well too. You got to, you got to really, really want it um, or else you're not going to get it, you know? So it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, but I definitely feel like I tried my best to appreciate what I was doing. I definitely recognize this wasn't, this was a super unique experience in the, in the moment. Um, it definitely didn't go over my head or anything like that. For sure. That's a really good point. Like you have to be, I mean, you have to be all in to perform at the level that you did, but also, yeah, it's like a, it's a dance. It's a double-edged sword. Like you said, you have to balance it. Uh, so we'll get, obviously we'll get into things deeper as we go on, but we got two icebreakers here. First one is called tier talk. So we rank the top three in a certain category uh the question or topic for this week is what are the best three beverages uh do you want me to go first or you want to go first you can you can go first you can start us off i i think i've got mine (laughs) okay nice so these are probably i don't know if these are my absolute three these are the ones that came to mind and they're all like bad for me in a different way but it's like i don't know i just love them so number three this is my go-to soda i don't have soda a lot um, it's usually like at Mexican restaurants for some reason. It's like it just sounds good. Um, is Mr. Pib? If they don't have Mr. Pib, then it's Dr. Pepper. But I prefer Mr. Pib. So that's my number three favorite soda um, and third favorite beverage. Number two is a lemon shakeup. Um, at the state meet this year for track, they were selling them like fresh made at the stand, like pretty close to where I was sitting, and I had like two large ones because it was just. You don't, like, you don't get them <laughs> everywhere, you know? So when you get the opportunity, you got to take advantage. So number two is Lemon Shake Up. And then number one by far and keeps me alive every day <laughs> is coffee. Um, got an, uh, an espresso machine a little over a year ago, which has been clutch. like to make a little Americano in the morning. I have a Keurig as well. So if I'm out of Nespresso pods or want to go a little cheaper, got the Keurig. But coffee's uh, at least two cups a day is is the way to go. So those are my top three. What about you? Yeah, you know it's funny you talk about coffee because I just uh, I gave coffee up for the last like month of school because I kind of wanted like something to lean on when school started. I was like, <laughs> I need like an extra boost. But uh, coffee's probably number three. Um, number two, I you know I wanted to say a pop as well. Um, cause like Mountain Dew voltage all the way. I even have like a video, <laughs> old video on one of my Instagram or Facebook or something where I made a Mountain Dew voltage commercial, um, <laughs> stuck in a hotel or something. I was bored. So we made like a Mountain Dew voltage commercial. Um, so probably Mountain Dew voltage. I don't rare, I rarely drink, drink Mountain Dew voltage. It's honestly, usually on a road trip, I'll like snag a Mountain Dew voltage and then, Nice. Number one, absolutely without a doubt, is uh, Yingling Coors Banquet. And fill in the blank of any beer. I will say that's absolutely my number one. There we uh, go. There is nothing quite like it after a long day of of sweating and doing stuff. And uh, you know, sometimes that, when you're a teacher, I don't know if I would get through my day without one at the end of the day. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah, Save so probably. Yeah, probably a beer. I I don't drink as much Coors Banquet as I used to when I was living in Montana. I've been, gone back to the Yinglings, but yeah, some kind of beer for sure. Yeah, too. How when you took your month off of coffee, how was it? 
Well, I'm still in it. Um, it's terrible. Don't do it. Um, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've given up a lot of things in my lifetime and coffee is absolutely the worst one to give up. I have horrible <laughs> headaches. I crash at like three o'clock. I do get better sleep, but I crash mm, at like four sure. in the afternoon and, uh, it's hard to get motivated to like run in the mornings and stuff with the kids, even though we're not running very fast. I'm just like, this is terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, I didn't drink. I didn't start drinking coffee until like junior year of college. Oh, so really? my whole life without, um, drinking coffee. And I haven't looked back since. I've, yeah. Uh, I, I've given up coffee, I think twice in my life for like a month plus. And I don't know. I, after like the headaches and the, the crashing goes away, that, which takes a while, especially if you drink a lot of coffee, like the, I just felt like the, I was a lot more steady. Like I didn't have the, the big highs, the big energy boost of the caffeine, but then like the crash as well. But I kind of missed that. I don't know what it was. Like, I, I just love that the hour or two where you're just like wired and like, I get really creative strangely when yeah. I'm on caffeine too. So I just missed that. I don't know. It's just like a fun thing. And it's just, I don't know, when you, you and a friend want to do something in the morning, like catching up or whatever, it's just so easy. Just go grab a cup of coffee and, and chat or whatever. So it's, it's a tough thing to give up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, there's our top three. Next is called car talk. So the gist of it is the random thoughts you have in the car, when you're showering, on run, whatever, when you're alone. So my serious one um this is written so i used to live in baltimore lived in baltimore for like a year um and the under armor headquarters is there and i think this is their um like slogan or whatever like their yeah their catchphrase whatever it's called um it says the only way is through so i've been thinking that about that i don't know i think a lot about emotions the power of desire like should i want to do this thing does it matter that i don't want to do this thing if it's a good thing um and i just in regards to this like the only way is through like there are things in my life that are good and i know that i should do and especially on the other side of things i'll i know i'll be glad that i did whether it be a run um uh, whether it be like at work there's something i don't want to do but i know i should do and it'd be good and i know i'll be glad when i've got it done um and then there's like also just things that you have to do and just kind of, I've just been coming to this point because uh, I don't know emotions have like a, a big pull on me and when I like overthink things that I don't want to do I just get stuck in this rut so I've been thinking when I when I come into those when I feel like I'm starting to get in that rut and I don't want to do something I know that I need to do I'm just like I've just been thinking I have to do this the only way is just to go through it. So let's just do it. Cause I'm gonna have to do it eventually. Um, which I, I don't know. I feel like it's a fairly obvious point, but it's kind of those little things that, you know, when it clicks for you, like personally, that, like really helps. So I've been thinking a lot about just, just going through the things that you, you need to do. So that's my serious one. What I've been thinking about for the past week or so. Uh, and then my less serious one, is does the toaster belong on the counter or in the cupboard? <laughs> you have any hot takes on that? I don't have a toaster. I oh, really? can't tell you the last time I had a toaster. Yeah. Um, 
I always had it on the counter. My parents have it on the counter. I, I don't hide my toaster. I'm not ashamed of a toaster. If I had a toaster, I wouldn't be ashamed of it. Right, right. I, I'd want it out and proud, man. Like, I don't hide my other, you, you know, appliances in the kitchen. So why would I hide that one? That seems kind of disrespectful to the toaster, if you ask me. But That's a good point. Yeah. So those are my car thoughts. What have you been thinking about recently? Well, <laughs> I have ADHD, so my car thoughts are all over the place. I have to drive. If you ask my girlfriend, I don't let her drive. I, I'm always doing the driving. Um, me and my brother got in lots of arguments cause we were driving cross country together from Florida and New York back to Indiana. So he likes to drive too. So honestly, I think about everything. It's kind of exhausting sometimes. I'm exhausting to be around, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I would specifically say I think about a lot of stuff. A lot of it is, is usually about school. I like, will have random like ideas for like activities or something that I'll want to do or I think you're kind of cursed when you're a teacher that you at least like I think so um that you're always trying to think of like the next fun thing to do mm. so I I tend to like you know go to the thought that goes to a thought that goes to the thought that it comes back to oh that'd be a good activity for my kids but um yeah I I, I don't know I don't think about the same stuff all the time I'm 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 more focused, like, I guess, more serious about focusing on, um, you know, like how to, how to get through some kids at our school. We, I teach in the inner city. So, um, you know, these kids are coming from different circumstances than I certainly grew up with and just trying to like relate to them and trying to understand, you know, a little bit about who they are and why they may do some of the stuff that they do. Um, less serious, I guess. I, I don't know, maybe the, probably what I'm going to do whenever I get to my destination, (laughs) you know, what, how how am I going to make the most of the situation that I'm driving to or something? But, um, I don't know. I don't, I guess I don't really have a great answer for thoughts in a car. I usually am talking the whole time. So I get a lot of my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily this black and white, but if you were like to put thoughts into two buckets, one being like, your day-to-day thoughts like this is what I need to get done this is what's coming up like the things that are like immediate or around you and then like the big future questions like yeah like what's my future gonna look like who's gonna be in it big even bigger like existential questions like what percentage of your thoughts go to each would you say oh I would say a larger percentage goes to thinking about real real things like pondering like questions about things and why I think a lot about why people do the things that they do I guess is a Mm -hmm. thought I have a lot um and then tap like as far as tasks get done I like I said I have ADHD so I have to write everything down so I usually have everything in a notebook or else I'll forget um sometimes uh if I'm being a little lazy and not and not moving off my couch, a lot of my thoughts will be consumed by like, how do I get off of my couch? <laughs> you can do this, buddy. And then, you know, I like put like one foot down and then I'm like back into it. So right. that can, like, I can't, I wish I could sit and relax, but I just really can't. If I sit and relax, I just think about why am I sitting and doing nothing? You should go do yeah. things. Um, yeah. It's kind of a curse of being Troy, but 
um, I would say majority of my thoughts are around like people and I'm, I, I like people a lot. I'm an extrovert, mega extrovert. And, um, like I can't go to the grocery store by myself. Some might say that's codependency, but, uh, I think it's more my, I'm an extrovert, but, uh, yeah. So I, I think a lot about people and, um, you know, social situations and what I should have said or shouldn't have said, or how I could have said it better, or, um, especially in the school year, cause you're always just, you know, you have so many interactions with people every day that you wish would have went a different way or you wish you would have said a different thing or something. So I think a lot of it goes around that. Um, and that's probably consumes the majority of my life. Yeah. Yeah. To your, uh, getting off the couch point, have you ever been in a warm shower and you just like sit there and stare at the handle and you can't get yourself to turn it off? When I ran, I, I have very vivid memories of running and some of those, like, especially in college, like two days when we would in track, we practiced in the afternoons and I have very vivid memories of being stuck in a hot shower. Me, my, my best friend, Matt Wayne, he coaches now at, a um, Furman. He's one of their assistant coaches. Um, he, him and I, we shared a shower. So we would like fight over who got the shower first. And then it was like him blasting. We, we were very into sad music back in the day. I don't know what that says about us, but, um, he would just be blasting his sad music in the shower. I'm like, dude, come on. I'm like, I can't wait to get in there. Uh, and then once it was my turn, usually the hot water was running low. So, Ooh, that's so but yeah, I have, I have vivid memories. I mean, hour showers plus of just trying, to, like, trying to figure out how I even got through the day and got <laughs> to this point. So yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into good transition there <laughs> into your your story with running um and just kind of where life is taking you where you are now so we'll start at the beginning uh how'd you get your start in running what was growing up like did you play other sports do anything else yeah how'd you get your start oh yeah I mean I I did a lot of things I was a really active kid I was one of those kids that was like my mom would kick me out of the house in the morning and I'd come home and it was dark kind of kids um mm -hmm. So I played baseball. Baseball was like my big sport. I mean, I, I was definitely going to be in the MLB when I was like seven. Um, I was not very good at baseball. Um, but uh, baseball was my big sport. My dad finally let us play football in sixth grade. I, actually, fifth grade. I played one year, got my butt kicked, and uh, definitely was rethinking football. I was like, backyard football is way more fun than – tackle pad football I, I had these I remember I had these huge pads I was a little kid I cracked 100 pounds when I was a freshman in high school so I had these huge pads on I couldn't close my hands uh so it was like impossible to even play the game I was like this feels rigged this doesn't feel fair so did you play but, in the, the sports league like it's called sports or does that sound um, familiar what uh do you remember this the because so I went to Fisher's um yeah did you play like in the like rec sports league in Fishers? Is that? Yeah, I played for base. So I moved to Indiana when I was in sixth grade. So oh, I played oh, football okay. in Ohio. Um, and it was kind of nice because we moved. And then I was like, okay, I can forget about football. And I'm not a foot. I'll never tell anybody I'm a football player. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I played baseball for the HSC. We were like the Cats, um, okay. the, the like little league travel team. Um, 
I think they split them up or now they're fishers and HSE or something, but we were the cats. Um, and we had a pretty good ball team, but I feel like in seventh grade, everybody hit puberty except us. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was, like I said, I mean, I was like five, two and a hundred pounds, my freshman year of, of high school. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, my dad actually was the one that got me into running cause we would do like conditioning and I'm, I'm kind of still this way. I just don't get tired. So we would do like our, you know, sprints or something in baseball and in football and stuff. And I would just, I would like nothing. Guys would be on the ground, like throwing up and I'd be like, fine. Um, <laughs> so he kind of told me to run. And I, when I moved to um, Indiana, I started running and um, we just had like an intermediate team that was like pretty relaxed. Like, I mean, it was very fun. We played like ultimate Frisbee and, games and then we did like a race at the end of the year with um with like some of our teammates and stuff but it was funny when we went into seventh grade I my dad bought my first pair of running shoes I think they were like Mizuno wave riders or something but uh my first pair of running shoes and I showed up and I was like so embarrassed to join the team it was like summer conditioning I was so embarrassed to join the team I told my mom I wasn't getting out of the car and I remember my mom was like, we bought you running shoes. Like you're going to do this and like basically like just kick me out. And now those guys is funny. Cause those guys are like still some of my best friends to this day. I still am very close with a bunch of the guys on that, that junior high cross country and track team. Um, Why were you so embarrassed? Oh, I was just a shy seventh grade kid and yeah. I had just moved and, um, you know, so I moved and then the school we went to, we got redistricted. And so like, I kind of lost some of my friends to Fishers and, um, I don't know. I was just being a stupid junior high person that was just insecure about lots of things and didn't know who he was. So, but it was all good. Once I just had that first day of practice, everything was fine. Um, but I was just like intimidated by the older kids and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I started. My dad kind of just, felt like I should get into it. Cause I just, like I said, I would go out at in the morning and come back at night every, you know, every summer day, I just never wanted to be inside and had lots of energy. I still have lots of energy to, to this day. Um, but yeah, I just haven't looked back since. Yeah. So being so successful with like conditioning and other sports going into running, did you think you'd be pretty good? Uh, I don't know if I even knew what good was when I was in seventh grade. I, I remember we had this girl on our team. Her name was Kelsey Boulderjack. Um, I think that was her name, Kelsey Boulderjack. She was a soccer player, but she whooped my butt like every, <laughs> like, you know, in both in uh, um, cross country and in track. And then there was another kid also played soccer. His name was, um, I think his name was Kyle uh, something. I can't remember his name, but he beat my butt too. So I was like, I didn't know I was, this was, I was a sixth grader. I was like, I don't really know. I'm getting beat by two people at HSE. So I must not be anything that special. And then seventh grade, I had quite a bit of success right away. And then eighth grade, again, I got my butt kicked by all the Carmel guys. Um, and like our, we had that, like the County meet. Um, and I got beat by like Pat app and, bunch of those guys Danny and um so I was like okay well I think I was I think I was like sixth or seventh in our mile 
And I ran like four, I think I ran 448. And I remember I'd always tell everybody, I was like, well, I had tennis shoes on. They had spikes on because I didn't buy, I didn't believe in spikes. I thought spikes were like wimpy or something. So I was like, I'm going to do everything in shoes. And then I went to, uh, um, when I got into high school, my coach made fun of me for not wearing spikes. And so I went out and bought my first pair of spikes. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I did have some success and stuff, but I didn't really think too much about it then. It wasn't really until probably like um, freshman year I started to figure it out, and then sophomore year I really started to figure it out. Um, and then it just—I don't know—it it it never was like um, for me. It just never was like this. I you know I've got to do like all this stuff um, to like be the best or anything. It was just about like beating guys. Like I just wanted to beat everybody, and um, I didn't I didn't think too much. I was kind of a dumb runner, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't looking into training and I wasn't paying attention to who was who I just was like when I'm in a race I just want to like beat people and that was about it yeah was there a point maybe it was early on or later that you like really fell in love with the sport like this is what I want to do in college and if possible beyond yeah in high school I really wanted to run and I remember always wanting to run in college I just um I just always was like, you know, thinking of, uh, you know, I was like, well, when I get, you know, if I can get here, then I can get here, then I can get here. It was always like one step at a time. So in high school, it was like win state, win state, win state, win state, win state. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. Now it's like go to college. And it was like, you know, being our top seven, being our top seven, being our top seven. And then it was like, you know, being all American or, you know, be a conference in the top seven at conference, be all conference, be all conference. And it was like, you know, be an all American, be an all American. And then it was, you know, make USA's, make USA's. So it was always like, I never like thought too much about it. Um, but I, I guess I always just like, well, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to be an Olympian or I'm not. That was kind of always my, my mentality about it. And I might as well just enjoy the ride while it's at and try to do my best to, to like appreciate the journey. Um, but yeah, high, I mean, high school pretty early on, I was like, I remember my first division one letter was from uh, UT, Tennessee. And I was like, this is crazy. Like <laughs> I actually might be able to go run division one, you know, somewhere. And I'm a, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. So I was like, I'm going to run for Robert Gary at Ohio State. This is going to be great. And then he left my senior year and went to Furman. And I was like, dude, you're like messing up my whole entire plan, which was to just <laughs> Ohio State like I don't I don't even know if I wanted to run I just wanted to go to Ohio State so um but I'm happy I chose Berman yeah definitely so you said like your freshman and sophomore year you started figuring some things out what uh what did you figure out what was the transition like to high school well I had success really early um I think my first if I remember right my like first cross-country race I ran 1640 as a freshman was like the top freshman and so I was like, okay, well, shoot, that was pretty sweet. And then by the end of the year, I ran like 16, like 20 something. I think it was like 23 or 24. And I still think the Carmel guys were beating me though, if I remember right. I think Pat App was beating me, um, Patrick Appleton. Um, but I was still like right there as like one of the top freshmen in the state. And then sophomore year, kind of same thing. I remember at state, uh, my sophomore year, I think I was like the second sophomore and my coach was just giving me such a hard time about it. And I was like, oh man, I was like, you know, I think, Pat, I think it was Pat App that beat me, but 
Um, so I was always like right up at the front of like my class. Um, you know, even in junior high, I was like one of our better, you know, the better seventh graders, better seventh, eighth graders. So I was always kind of right there. So I never really had to like claw my way to the, the top. I was always kind of right there as more about clawing my way to be the, the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I can't, it's hard to answer that. Cause I guess I was like always aware that I was like, okay, well, I'm one of the top guys. I just want to keep competing and keep doing well. Um, and that's kind of just what I tried to remind myself and try not to take it for granted. Yeah. It seems like it's pretty easy when you have early success to get, I guess, complacent or just, I guess, think that it's going to come naturally if you just kind of keep doing what you're doing. But you were able to continue to progress and progress year after year. Was there anything that you would attribute that to? Continue to like take steps and take steps? Oh, I had awesome coaches and I had awesome teammates. Um, we had a super fun team. I, I actually remember like people, you know, the running community is very like close knit. Um, everybody kind of knows everybody. Our team was not. Our team was like HSC or die, baby. Like, <laughs> You know, we don't talk to anybody like because we were just we were super close, like all of us. And we all clicked really well. And we were good. I mean, we were second at state. Uh, we won state and track. And so we were like really good and we were really good friends. And we didn't need like we didn't care about anybody else. Like we had this like tiger blood mentality of like destroy everyone. <laughs> um, and I had a really Jack Andrich. He was one of my super competitive teammates. Um, really good friends with him today. Um, he, uh, him and I would like go at it in practice sometimes, like just grind. I mean, I can remember like closing miles and we didn't do a lot of miles. We ran like 35, four, I think the most miles I did in, in high school, we did like one week at like 50 low fifties. Oh, really? So like, it was always, yeah, it was always like 35, 40 miles. Um, and like my long run, I think was like eight miles or something. Um, yeah. And so, but we would run hard. So we would like our, we kind of had this, the at HSC, we had this last mile that ran through like our athletic facilities. And it was like, basically every run ended and started with this black top, uh, like run through our athletic facilities that kind of wind through. And I mean, some of those miles would get a little crazy. I mean, we, I broke five on one of those miles, um, back in high school. Um, me and him would just like, just race sometimes like we would turn around at like four miles and just race home and we would get after a little bit but um I don't know I was a dumb runner so I I (laughs) like just run hard and don't care yeah for sure do you I don't know it's interesting to hear that you ran such low mileage relative I guess to other runners do you ever think about I don't know maybe that is what you needed but like what could have been if you had run 60 65 or done something differently or I I don't know I I didn't run that many miles in college either I mean I was a 60 65 to 74 75 mile a week guy um I just if I ran more miles than that I was just exhausted and I hate and I would hate it like I was just like this this sucks I don't want to do this anymore and when my mind would go to that place like I ran really bad so we were pretty cautious about the miles I'd put on I always enjoyed it. I mean, I think it works for some people, but I think there was a lot of guys that would go to go to college and 
they would make they wouldn't make as big of a jump because they were already doing like such serious workouts, such hard training that they would go to college and it's like there was no real room for improvement or they were just completely burnt out and they didn't have anything left or any or anywhere else to go. And I remember there was a lot of runners. I mean, you know, when I say I was a dumb runner, like I didn't know Foot Locker was important. I was like, why would I go to Foot Locker? My season ends at state. Like I'm ready to have a good time now, you know? So I remember like I was talking to the Virginia coach and he's like, well, we can give you like a substantial amount more if you make Foot Locker. I was like, huh? I was uh-huh. like, Foot Locker is that important? So <laughs> yeah, it was always very close. And Indiana, you know, it was like, especially back in those days, like we were some of the best runners in the country. So I had like all the competition I needed right here in the state. I was like, why would I ever leave Indiana? Like I'm not, I'm not in college yet. I'm not a professional. I'm just a high school kid trying to just have some fun with his friends. Um, but yeah, I, I just saw a lot of guys that would go to college and I had teammates of mine too, that did a lot of high mileage and they really struggled in college to make improvements. And I attribute a lot of my success to just being able to like, just have like learn to have that mentality to rate run hard race hard um without all these miles and then when I got to college it was like you know I didn't they didn't have to teach me how to race I was already like really good at racing really hard I just needed to get some fitness under my belt so I could actually put up some good times and be there with the guys at the end yeah were you able to stay healthy throughout your running career almost all of it my freshman year I was a I was having a little too much fun. Um, I, I mean, we ordered like me and my roommate, we would order, we worked out on Tuesday mornings on our golf course, six 30 in the morning. I think we started at 6 AM cause some guys had classes and stuff. We would order like a Papa John's pizza at like 11 o'clock at night and go to bed. <laughs> I, I never slept. I like, I, to, I, the one thing I would, I would change about my whole entire career is I wish I would have slept more. I would sleep like five, six hours a night. I was going to bed at like one or two in the morning and trying. And then we had this uh, Razor scooter and I was just doing stupid tricks. And I like, I rolled my ankle really bad and it ended up break. I would, cause I, I would also just run, 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 run until I was just broken. And I broke, I broke my foot. And I remember, I remember this was my freshman year. This was my first injury. Um, and I remember we were into regionals and I mean, we just bombed, like bombed. <laughs> we beat Duke at our, at our home meet. And we were like, we are the king. Like we're about to win nationals. Like, you know, Duke blew down. Because Furman was like, we were their Robert Gary's first recruiting class. So we had a lot of guys on the team that were, you know, did not come to Furman for the program that it became, you know, they came to, to Furman. It was a SOCON program. It wasn't like one of the best SOCON. It wasn't even one of the best teams in the SOCON. And so we had a lot of different types of guys on our team. And, uh, you know, so we we're at least like the first recruiting class. We were freshmen. We we're like already like on our top seven, you know, we're making our conference teams, which was, so we didn't really know. We didn't have like the, the, the same type of leadership that I think some of these like historic programs have. So we didn't really know what we were doing. So I was like, I guess, you know, I'm in college. Like I used to eat, I, you know, I won state and I had bagel bites and, and Doritos the night before. So I can do this, but I got hurt, broke my foot. And, uh, I remember we were at regionals. We got like 98th or something. I mean, we just bombed. <laughs> I, I, I was 98th. I mean, and, uh, um, 
I, I was trying to like, we were at Virginia at, at Panorama Farms. I was trying to go up and down these hills and I was like, man, I think my foot is like really messed up. Like, I, I don't, I don't think this is good. And turns out I had a stress fracture on my foot. I was injured. I was in the pool. Best thing that ever happened to me. Corey Leslie, um, who ran for Furman Elite and was an All-American at Ohio State and made you know Olympic trials finals. I think he was sixth um, at the Olympic trials finals. Um, just a stud of a runner. He was hurt too. And then we had this other friend, uh, James Perez, who was one of our kind of our leaders on our team, is really good voice on our team. And we called ourselves the Ox Squad. <laughs> and we would just grind in those those pools. But I learned a lot about training. I learned a lot about balancing your social life. And, um, you know, because he went to Ohio State. And so there's lots of distractions at Ohio State. And he managed to be one of the best to ever go through that program. Um, and so he taught me a lot about, okay, man, you can have a little bit of fun. But, you know, it's, you got to get serious. You're going to get hurt. And I didn't get injured until um, – Really, my senior year, I, I started to get Achilles injury, and that kind of took me out. I mean, that was what ultimately kind of took the fun out of running for me and led me to say, like, I, I can't – I'm done with this. Um, and so the Achilles thing was the kind of the nail in the coffin, I guess, but really only had one injury before that. Yeah. So that time in the pool, were you swimming or were you aqua jogging, or what did that time look like? Well, I couldn't swim. <laughs> I was a horrible swimmer at the time um, because I hated being in the pool. If you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast, you'll need to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Indiana Runner. Once you do, you'll get access to all full-length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast in addition to other subscriber-only content, including extra content from Colin and Taylor, book club episodes, the ability to ask my guests questions, and much more. Thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on Patreon.